Mike Goldberg, the voice of Bellator MMA on Spike. Join us right now for MMA FanCast. Hello and welcome to another episode of MMA FanCast brought to you by Octagon 24-7. I am your host, Brian Middleton, and I am joined by the living legend, Mr. Jim Saharamuni. We are, we're traveling this week. We will be covering Bellator 186 at State College, Pennsylvania. And um, we, we're really looking forward to it. Uh, we'll, we'll be bringing you uh, live coverage throughout the event. Ryan Bader is in the main event and uh, defending his championship, his newly gained championship for the first time against Linton Vassell. And uh, Jim, are you looking forward to this? Indeed, I am. What's up? What's up? What's up? We are roadies this week. That's we, kind of exciting for us. We will be roadies. We will be broadcasting uh, live from the what, what's the hotel? I, country, I, Country Inn and Suites. Country Inn and Suites in State College, Pennsylvania beginning well well, we're gonna get there like late tuesday night uh, but we'll have coverage throughout the week uh starting wednesday and uh through through saturday so um we're gonna bring you lots of action we have um a, a, a special guest joining us today one of the fighters on the card mike wilkins will be um joining us very shortly so in the meantime, um, we're just getting ready and, and getting ready to see um, some, some great MMA action live. Mike Wilkins um, is on the card. He's fighting uh, Brett Martinez. Mike Wilkins is a, is a local MMA guy. He's, at one point he was uh, seven and three, and he went, he's gone on a two-fight losing streak something that he he had a really tough close decision loss most recently out in Atlantic City and he'll be looking to avenge and no one in MMA uh wants to have a three fight well you don't want to lose at all but to have a you know three fight losing streak that that's when you really see people uh at their best because they're you know you're really under the under under a lot of pressure there that's a weird looking smile you got there, Sahara. How you doing? Well, that's that's because um, I added some lighting out um, in my podcasting area. I think it looks a little better. It's helping some, and um, I just had one of uh, one of Octagon Twenty Four Seven's spotters was asking how the lighting was doing, if it was helping. Uh, okay, well, that's good. <laughs> I I. We talked, I always make fun of, off air, I always make fun of Sahara uh, about the lighting in his, I say that it always looks like a seven, like like all in the family on his end of the, end of the podcast. And as we, um, yeah, it's, I mean, I make fun of Sahara no matter what. So uh, that's nothing new, right? That's, that's only to make yourself feel better. Also, we're going to be asking, uh, Mike Wilkins about his brother, who is also an MMA fighter. AJ Wilkins is um, really a, a very talented young man. He's, I think he's 21 or 22 years old. 
and uh, Mike's about 30. Um, yeah, I think he's 30. And uh, AJ's 22 and really uh, doing well in the am local amateur circuit. So we'll talk to him um, about AJ and the, what the future holds for him um, as well as we, uh, you know, get ready for him to, to join us. So, um, yeah, I don't know how much time we have before he gets in, but he should be in in about three or four minutes. Yeah, let's, uh, there's some things you and I were talking about. Off I don't know if we're going to have enough time to talk about Colby. Yeah. I mean, that's a 20 minute conversation. That could be a podcast all on its own. Colby Covington and his smack talk last night in Brazil or last night. Yeah. In Brazil. And, uh, he really, he really, you know, he's cutting a promo, you know, he's, he's seen Chael Sonnen, you know, cut these smack talk promos and, uh, and, he kind of took things live in in front of the crowd to a whole new level, I think. It was interesting. And that's something that, that we've talked about um, often on here is the smack talk. Me personally, you know, it doesn't really do anything for me. Um, I find it humorous. I guess, you know, some of the fighters use it as motivation. Maybe they try to amp up um, the aggression or – um, I don't know what you want to call it. Hey, we got somebody coming in. Here we are. There he is. We are joined by Mr. Mike Wilkins. How are you, Mike? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing very well. We were. Um, I don't know uh, if you caught any of the uh, the fights last night. We were kind of uh, looking at um, talking about Kobe Covington, Colby Covington, and his smack talk last night. Did you happen to catch any of that? Uh, I fell asleep right before that fight. Okay. Well, that is definitely something you're going to want to check out because he, he, he took uh, cutting a promo to a whole new level. You'll want to, you'll want to check that out. Yeah, I'm going, to, I'm going to watch him on replay. I got him recorded. I'll watch him tomorrow. Cool. So, Mike, you're, uh, you know, you're four, four days away from uh, a, a huge fight for you. How, how are you feeling? How was this camp? Um, what are, what are, where are you at weight wise? All that good stuff. Um, camp was really good. Uh, not too far off of my last fight. So it kind of rolled over real easy. Uh, didn't take too much of a break. Um, so I didn't have to turn up very hard for this camp since I was already in shape. You know, a lot of the early part of camp is about, you know, uh, digging deep and getting yourself into shape. But when you're coming off of a fight, uh, you don't have too much downtime. You uh, just kind of, like, let that drag over from the previous fight. Weight's good. Um, we're fighting this at a catch weight of 160 uh, at my opponent's request, which is uh, awesome. You know, it's just an extra five pounds that I don't have to cut. So uh, I'm not too worried about weight at all. It's going to be a pretty easy cut. It's going to make for an enjoyable week. Yeah, that, that, that was actually one of my questions was um, you were – uh, you fought your last fight at 160 pound catch weight, and then this fight at 160 pound catch weight. So my one of my one of my questions was, you know, is that 155 a, a, an issue now, or, um, or but you said it was under his request, so. Yeah, it was. Uh, this one was my punch request. Last time it was at my request. Um, so I was coming off of a neck injury for my last fight, and. Uh, I wasn't able to train and I, uh, I was on prednisone to heal my neck injury like in like May. 
uh, before my August fight and I ballooned up and like, I got like way overweight and I was just scared that I wasn't going to get down. So I asked for it at the catch weight. Um, but I shouldn't have, uh, I would have got down just fine. But like just seeing such a high number, I like, I was like 192 pounds Yeah. and like to see just, just to see that number on the scale and think about how far away from 155 it was, it was really scary. But like, you know, after I did my, my, um, whatever my allotted prednisone was, it was done like by the end of May, but like the third week of June, I was like 170 pounds. So I still had six weeks to get down to 55, which would have been really easy, but you know. I just was a little scared and we made that fight actually like late May, like signed the contract late May. So we were way out from the fight whenever this was going on. Uh, but also, um, I know these guys, you know, I know, um, uh, I'm from, I was familiar with my most recent opponent, Rich Petitschnook. Uh, I know we're like the same size. So what's it matter what we weigh in at? I'm familiar with Brett Martinez. I know we're like the same size. So what's it matter that we don't, suffer an extra five pounds this time you know yeah. so it doesn't it doesn't bother me you know yeah. well that, that that i mean that makes all the sense in the world if uh for that to to not cut that weight and be more at a peak more able to peak on come fight time yeah yes. we've, we've talked about that uh a number of times on the podcast with uh with guys not making weight and they've got to either fight at a catch weight um, or, you know, fights get canceled altogether because it just, you know, they can't even get close. Um, there's health issues. Do you think, first, what is your uh, walk-around weight? How much do you, need, you normally cut? And then do you think there's a need for adding uh, more weight classes to cut down on uh, guys missing weight or the you know, fights being canceled? Um, my normal walk-around weight is between 170 and 175. Uh, depending on like how deep into training I am. If I'm like taking it kind of lazy, I'm going to be about 175. I'm drinking a good amount of beer. I'm going to be like 175, but I'm typically closer to 170. Um, so like a cut to 55 is not very difficult for me. Um, would I like there to be more weight classes? Uh, I think there's going to have to be more weight classes in the future, especially like, you know, with the growth of the sport, you know, the more athletes we get in, we get in the sport, the more demand for weight classes there's going to be. You know, some of these weight classes have significant jumps, you know, like 155 to 170. That's like, a big jump. That's a 15-pound jump, you know. That's nearly 10% of that, of, of a 155-er, you know, 10% of a 155-er, that's 15.5 pounds, you know. So we're looking at almost 10% yeah. of so, the weight okay. to jump. Um. Do you think that would water down the competition similar to other sports where they've done expansion, like in baseball and football, adding uh, cities with professional franchises? You know, is that something that could possibly water down uh, professional combat sports? In my opinion, I think it would only water it down if you don't have the athletes. Um, and I think like maybe right now might not be the ideal time to add the weight classes. Um, but like, look how this sport grows. Look how fast it grows like there's so many athletes uh like entering into the sport um like so like you know like the the more number of athletes we got the more number of athletes we have to fill those weight classes the more parity we create because there's more matchups to create because there's more weight classes so there's more room for more fighters uh 
you know, I look at it, I'm looking at it right now from more of like a fighter standpoint. Like, you know, the more weight classes there are, the more fights that there need to be made, the more paychecks I can get. Yeah, and from a promoter standpoint, I mean, the more weight classes you have, the more championship bouts you have, the more, you know, you can help those champions and, and kind of uh, go from there. So I got a, I got a quick question for you. Do you are, are you opposed to us calling you the wild card? Are we allowed to uh, No, I'm not opposed to it, but, like, that was just uh, – so Matt Layshock threw that on an old video because I went a long time without having a nickname. Like, uh, and, like, I was, like, kind of against the nickname for a little bit, but I go by uh, Iron City now because oh, yeah. Dom, Dom Mazzotta, uh, he, he threw that one on me because, like, I'm, I'm a pretty talented beer drinker. Um <laughs> And, you know, it can, like, kind of play off of the fighting, like like Iron Mike Tyson and then a Adult little bit of Pittsburgh flair. Yeah, you know. Um, I like to drink cheap beer, and that's how I rule. Yeah, so so you had, like, the unannounced nickname of the wild card before you got the Iron City. That was just for Iron one video because, like, yeah, I mean, I was never, like, the wild card. It was just for that one video because everybody in that video had a nickname, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, I went, like, I think I went, like, 17 fights without having a nickname and then finally someone threw one on me all right so i got i got another question for you if hypothetically this is strictly hypothetically if you were four hours late for a date do you think you'd get a second date (laughs) (laughs) me i would not no (laughs) probably not me do you want to tell that story do you want to do you want to share that story yeah uh my current fiance this is almost 10 years ago now um we she's from youngstown ohio i'm from pittsburgh uh we met through mma i fought her brother um that we were each other's first amateur fight this is all the way back in 2007 um uh so she hated me because you know i fought her brother um and her and my younger brother actually like you know got in a little screaming match at that particular fight but later on he had to have been like 14 at the time or something it was 11 11 yeah yeah he was 11 at the time it's real funny they were like they remember it um i didn't know obviously because i was in the cage competing but um so after the fight uh me and danny uh my my fiance's brother who i fought that night uh we end up fighting on the same card like four months later and here goes the thing when you fight somebody you are now a fan of them you know if you beat them you want them to win because if they win, it makes you look like you beat someone who's good. If you lost to someone, you damn sure want them to win because you don't want them to look like you lost to a bum. So uh, we're rooting for each other and stuff. And uh, after the fight, uh, we were talking to each other, you know, like b- becoming friends and stuff. And uh, my fiance Katie was standing there, uh, but I wouldn't look at her at the time. I would like I saw her out of the corner of my eye, but I would not because I like I'm too like I'm big on like respectful being respectful. So, like, I refused to, like, even glance to my right. But I got home that night, and I had a MySpace friend request. And it was her. And I was like, okay, well, let's see what's up. So we started talking, messaging each other. And I asked her out on a date to come to the Pittsburgh Zoo because she said she had never been to a zoo. So after about a month of us talking, she's supposed to come to the zoo. Uh, she's going to drive and meet me in Pittsburgh. And uh, she got real nervous and, like, just, like, wasn't coming or whatever, and uh, her mom finally made her come, and she was four hours late, so we got to go to the zoo for, like, an hour because the zoo was going to close. Yeah, 
so before our first date, we actually had like our first argument. Uh, but actually, the full circle on it, um, that was May 18th, 2008. And now we're getting married on May 18th, 2018. So That's pretty know. sweet. Hopefully she's not four hours late to that. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's, that's, that's possible. You keep your fingers crossed. There, yeah. And if, uh, one other thing is um, we could go back and edit if you want, but I think you said my current fiance. You mean your, your fiance who will be your future lifetime wife and partner. Oh, yeah, yeah. We can leave that in. It don't matter. That's, uh, that's, that's not a big deal. I'll live. She was four hours late. She yeah, you got to forget that. You yeah. got to get her back for that. So uh, yeah. how, how did that – tell me how that works. So she's – you're, like, looking at your watch, and she's, like, 20 minutes late, and you're, like, oh, she's just fashionably late. Like, how does that take – Yeah. You're waiting around for four hours. Dude, I don't even remember. It's so long ago now. But, like, the thing was, was, like, I didn't really have any room to complain because, like, I was kind of, like, not doing too much for myself at that point in time. Like I didn't have a car. She had to come pick me up for this date from out of state. I didn't have a car. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I was living on a couch in my mom's living room and stuff like that. And uh, I'm pretty sure I was just like, I was either just like working for my dad or I was like unemployed or something, just like fighting amateur fights and stuff. Yeah. So uh, I didn't like have much uh, stock to make demands, but I was pissed though. I was like, what are you doing? That's yeah. how married life is too. You're not going to have uh, really anything to make demands with. Yeah. I mean, I've been, I, I've been getting bullied around for about nine years now. So what's another, however many more I'm alive. Yeah. I'm pretty used to it. It's right. what I know now. It's what I know now. <laughs> so was that your future brother-in-law's only fight? No, he had nine fights, um, but we were each other's first fight. He fought. Uh, he he never turned pro. Um, you know, like uh, like a lot of things that happen to amateurs. Um, you know, like life gets in the way. You oh, know, yeah. like 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 uh, depend on where like the direction that your career is going. Like if you're going to be able to make it a career, um, he had to take a job that uh, required working like nearly seventy hours. Um, if not more, so kind of cut into his ability to train. So, you know, that run was over. But uh, it was really cool after, you know, uh, Katie and I started dating um, to get to train with him all the time, you know. Um, and, like, I cornered him for a bunch of his fights uh, later on through his career and stuff. And that was cool, and it was sad when, you know, that run was over because we were having a good time. Yeah. Um your brother, your brother just fought uh, last weekend and got his uh, fourth amateur win. Yes, yeah, he's four and one now. Uh, he looked pretty good. You know, he's uh, definitely um, developing some some good skills. You know, he's training with you at Stout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's training uh, down there uh, as much as he can. He's working two jobs right now. One of them is teaching uh, cage jujitsu at uh, Stout Training Pittsburgh. The other one, he's an electrician. Um, so, you know, he gets his, he gets his workouts in, uh, uh, he's making a lot of progress. He's, he's very talented. He's very athletically gifted. Yeah. My, my dad owns a company, the A. Wilkins Electric. So we're on the job site since we're young, you know, you're like 10 years old. They're sending you out to the truck to grab wire nuts and (laughs) boxes and like things like this. 
and that's how you learn what the material is. And the next thing you know, you're 12 and you're putting on an outlet. You're 14 and you're running the drill. And yeah, then all of a sudden you're 20 years old and you're a full-time electrician before you even knew it. <laughs> Very cool. Who were uh, so? Your your brothers obviously have an impressive record at four and one, and and is it in the amateur ranks at this point? And he's very young. He's what twenty two. Yes. Um, who are some of the other young guys at Stout, or even that you know that are at Cherico or or the Matt Factory, or some of the young Pittsburgh guys? Um, okay, so we got this Russian, uh, Artem Mikhaev. Uh, he just went back to Russia on Friday, but he's coming back in February. But he fought the same night as my brother. Uh, and if you go on, I believe it's on our gym's Facebook page, and you can watch the live video of his amateur debut, this kid is hes a—he's something special. He called exactly what he was going to do in his fight, and he went out there and did it. He ended up winning by um, a technical knockout on 35 seconds. Uh, and he just like scary, you know, he's just a scary kid and he's young. He's 24. Um, he wants to do nothing but fight. He came over here on like a visitor's visa, uh, just to like visit America. And he came to the gym to get some training and we're like, you're fighting dude. And, um, he had to go back cause his visa's up, but, uh, you know, he's going to come back and we're going to see what, what we can do with him. Uh, and get him fighting. So definitely be on the lookout for him. He's very dangerous, he, and he's very exciting. Uh, I can really tell did. by how excited you got to just talk about him. That's awesome. I'm talking about this kid is a one and amateur. Like a one, he's got one fight, and uh, he's like like normally like you you hold out, you hold out on on someone. You know, okay, you, you got one fight, you did well in one fight, great. You know, a lot of people do that. You hold out, you see how they handle diversity, you see how. Maybe they deal with a loss. You see uh, how they deal with different styles of fighters. But this kid's special. This kid's unique. Um, so you're definitely going to want to, like, pay attention for when he comes back. Uh, yeah, he's definitely a big prospect. What weight class is he fighting at? He's fighting at 145 um, as an amateur. Uh, if we were, Depending on, like, how big he gets, because he's pretty young, uh, it'll probably be a 135 pro. Because uh, he's not like you know he's only cutting like three four pounds to fight one forty five as an amateur. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. Some other fighters. Uh. We've got uh Jonas Rubiano. He's not a young fighter by any means. Uh. But he's a, a pro down that stout. Um. He's gonna be uh fighting his second professional fight. Um. Finally starting to drop down to the weight class that he should be at. He's working his way down towards it. Uh. On November twenty second, that's gonna be in Erie the day before. Thanksgiving. Um, he's been fighting. He was really good amateur. He won the Gladiators of the Cage amateur title. Um, walking around, like, basically lighter than the weight he fought. And he made his pro debut on UFC Fight Pass in Canada uh, at Bantamweight, 135. And we show up three days before weigh or two days before weigh three days before the fight, and he's, like, 134 pounds. And I'm like, dude, like, this is – you're – you can't do this. Like you got to either a be heavier or you got to go to 25s. But it's kind of hard to find 25s. So we found him a catchweight fight at 130. So he gets to like start working down. So now he's going to cut three pounds for a pro fight, which is obnoxious, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so look out for him. And the rest of us are basically just on the Bellator card. 
Yeah. Okay. So how did that, um, how did that, you know, we've talked to Dom and, uh, and Sherico about UFC and Dom for Bellator. How did that call come in for you? Um, Isaac Greeley, uh, Dom, Dom's, Dom's coach and one of my coaches, uh, he got, he got me hooked up, I believe through Dom, you know? So I believe that's how I got the opportunity, uh, to get in, um, a, a promoter, uh, of XCC, Ryan Kerwin. Uh, he, um, reached out to me off of Isaac's request, uh, and helped me get the matchup to, uh, get a fight for, for this Bellator card. Cool. So are you, do you work at, at Stout full-time? Like, are you, yep. Yeah, I'm full-time. Uh, the last, uh, I was an electrician. The last time I wore my tool belt was September 27th, 2013. I've been full-time instructing jujitsu, uh, since, since that date. Okay. And you, you don't have any ownership stake in Stout, do you? No, okay. no, just, I'm an instructor. Uh, I feel as if I have ownership. Because, uh, you know, uh, I've been there from day one at that gym as just a member. So, like, I, you know, I put my heart and soul into my students. Um, I teach. I'm the head youth instructor, so I teach the kids. But I'm also the assistant adult instructor in the jiu-jitsu program. Uh, and I'm the, like, the MMA, like, fundamentals coach and stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I love that gym. Uh, I love the academy. I love everybody we have. Uh, and, you know, I do what, whatever it takes to help people meet their goals um, and make sure that, you know, they're learning the right things. There is someone very close to MMA FanCast who has uh, – you You were their instructor. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Jake, my son Jake. Down oh, at, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, keeps, he keeps talking to me. He's like a twice-a-week daddy. When am I going back to – he calls it karate. When am I going back to karate? When am I going- <laughs> the, the ground karate. Yeah. There's a funny story to ground karate. Gary Tunnan, very famous uh, jiu-jitsu guy. He's a Henzo Gracie guy. Um, he's just won the most recent EBI. He's like a four-time EBI champ. Uh, but when he was opening his academy, he had to get a permit while they were doing the construction and stuff, like occupancy permit or whatever, and they put ground karate on it. So <laughs> that's a, a common joke yeah, that well, we use. Of, speaking of BJJ, where, where are you with your what, – what, what class belt are you? I'm a brown belt. Brown belt, great. Yeah, brown belt. Um, yeah, um, you know, uh, I like it. I like being a brown belt. I've been training for 10 years. Typically takes someone between 8 to 12 years to get a black belt, and I like that, uh, you know, I feel like I'm really good at jiu-jitsu. Uh, I feel like I can definitely compete and beat a lot of black belts. I have competed and beaten a lot of black belts, but um, I like what my, what my coach, what my instructor – like the values he sets for what I need to do to accomplish that. And I like that I haven't accomplished it yet. So do you I still com- get to strive for it. Do you compete a lot in BJJ? Man, not as much as I wish I did. I haven't competed um, since February um, in jujitsu, um, but I'm actually going to be competing this uh, November 11th in Cleveland. So the okay. week after the fight, I'll be back on the jujitsu mats. Yeah. That's great. So um, when we were talking to Dom, he, you know, uh, Ryan asked him the question about uh, getting video on his opponents. And he said he doesn't really do that, that he leaves it up to his coaches and he just focuses on his game. Do you get involved in that at all? You know, um, uh, 
I watch video on my opponents very limited, very limited video. Um, I leave it up to my coaches the same as you might be able to tell me and Dom, uh, we share a lot of the same coaching staff. Uh, we have a couple different variations, in different areas, but our head coaches are, are, are um, you know, the same people. Um, Warren Stout and Isaac Greeley, um, they run our camps. They're like, uh, they're our main coaches. So they watch video for us. I do watch, I might watch a little more video than Dawn because I just like to like, I want to get a visual of my opponent. So that way, whenever I'm thinking about it, like I can see his face, I can see his movement, uh, things like that. What I don't like is to go in there and assume that I'm going to fight the same guy who's fighting this fight I'm watching. Uh, Cause I know how much I've evolved and I've, I know how much everybody like can evolve in between fights, you know? Um, so you, you can never think that you watch this guy's fight and like, that's the same guy you're going to be fighting because most of the time it won't be, you know, where everybody's constantly developing, you know, it's an arms race in mixed martial arts right now. And it's all about who can develop faster uh, at this point in time. So you never can expect that you're watching video, you, this guy's throwing this right hand and then he shoots his takedown off of this type of setup. It's going to change, guarantee it. Yeah. You're, uh, I, I want to talk to you a little bit more about the matchup in a, in a little bit. Um, but I want to talk to you first about the Yinzer Scrap Pack. Yeah. And uh, so you're a quarter of the Scrap Pack, right? Yeah. And, and – but – so something you you mentioned how your your fiance hated you, and I understand that the Yinzer Scrap Pack is built on hate. Um, man, it's built on hate for them boys. But I I'm a nice guy. No one hate. I don't hate anybody except for the rest of my Yinzer Scrap Pack teammates. I hate those guys. Well, I no, but I'm what I'm saying is that in order for for the four members of the Yinzer Scrap Pack, oh yes, hated each we other. all hated each other. Yeah. Yes, oh my God! First, it started with me and Mark. Uh, Mark is the original hater. Mark Cherico, he hates everybody automatically. It's default. You meet if if he hears of you, he hates you uh, until <laughs> he meets you, and then he likes you. It's just default, right? So Mark hated me. Da, da, da. Then, but then he needed me. He had a fight against a tall guy, and uh, I'm taller than Mark. So he was like, "Hey, can we? You, you want to get some sparring in? Help me prepare for, for a tall guy." And I was like, "Yes." So then we became friends and started training. And then Kama, we hated Kama. We hated him big time. We talked so much shit on him. We'd be at the fights uh, at Cage of Chaos where we all like all had like a lot of our amateur, or, like a good portion of our amateur fights, just talking so much shit on Kama and how he sucked at everything. And then we started training with him. So then he's on the injured scrap pack. I never, uh, I think, I don't know if, if Mark hated Dom and Dom hated Mark, maybe. I never hated Dom. Um, and Dom never hated me. But, like, Everyone somebody hate, somebody had to hate Dom for him to get in. Well, so I we're going to assume I it was Mark. I think Mark naturally hates everyone. So there's the, hey, we yeah. probably should have told you this. Um, but we have a clean podcast. So I'm going to, just to avoid me doing more editing, um, if you could try to not, um, did I say something? Yeah. Just, yeah. Like the uh, talking poo poo. <laughs> oh, you can't say that word. Well, oh yeah, man. We, we have to edit that out. So in order to All be right, gotcha. classified by iTunes as a clean podcast, we can't have those certain words. You can't have that little E yeah. on your, on your iTunes thing. No, yeah. Well, <laughs> we, we, we're shooting for the, for the 
clean version. So parent, you know, we're both, we're both dads. And yes. And I think that's a big thing. Like I want to be able to listen to MMA with my kids in the car and stuff like that. And that's hard to do. Right. So, so we want, we, we think that that's a mar- market that needs, you know, hit up. Yeah. And you yeah, can't gotcha. listen to a Joe Rogan show with, uh, with your kids in the background. <laughs> no, no, you can't. Um, okay. So, Brett Martinez, um, let's talk a little bit more about him. He hasn't fought since 2015. You fought six times since he last fought, or at least what I see on listed on Tapology, unless you know of something I don't know. So um, do you know about his layoff? Do you know why he's been off since 2015? I think he got grappling. I think he got real in the jiu-jitsu. I saw he took a bunch of, like – what we would call professional jujitsu fights, um, which is like, you know, like, um, like fight to win style type, type event, like MMA cards for, but just jujitsu. So I think he got real into that. Um, he might've been kind of like needed a break from MMA. MMA can wear you down. It's a lot of like training for very little reward, but, um, you know, well, that tells you something. I think we turned pro around the same time and he made it up to, 11 fights in the time I made it up to five. And then I had to rattle those six off during his layoff. So, um, so he's yeah. been active since 2015. He's not, he didn't face like a major injury or anything like that. Not to my knowledge, okay. but I don't, I don't personally know him, yeah. you know, like I, I, I've never seen him in person, but like I've heard of him like, yeah. cause we, I, we're like near, he was a 45 er for a little bit, but I was a 45 er early on too. So, like, I'd pay attention then, and then, like, I jumped up to 55s, and then he came up right at the end. So, like, then he was back on my radar of someone you got to look out for. Plus, he was doing good. He, like, had a fight in Bellator and won. So, you know. And now you both fight at 160. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the new weight class. <laughs> yeah, so um, with, with uh, uh, Brett Martinez – um, have you visualized that fight? What, what's that like? You said you want to be able to see it when you're thinking about it. Do you do you go through a fight and visualize the the movement and the fight? I just put like like I don't visualize like how the entire fight's going to go or anything or like even the first sequence. I don't visualize. I just visualize standing across the cage, doing my pace while they're announcing my name, and like looking over and just seeing that right face. So that way when I see that for real, then like, you know, it makes sense. You know, it like makes sense. I don't have like any adrenaline. It feels very comfortable. So I just want to know what his face looks like. And whenever we first, like whenever the referee's like, are you ready? Are you ready? And boom. And we start like walking towards each other. I want to know what that looks like. Yeah. Um, you know, and then that's it. Other than that, uh, for me, my coach believes it's very important that, um, I, fight kind of free he thinks if i get too locked down and i agree if i get too locked down on like a certain thing i have to do i am a little tighter like so if i'm like oh you know i need to hit this particular combination or this particular takedown or this particular submission i will start shutting down anything that might open up around it but if i just go out there and like just let it be loose um i tend to have better results I tend to hit openings like on the fly because I can be uh, uh, one of my strengths. 
could be that like my reaction time uh, is pretty good, and I just kind of like find a lot of openings um, by utilizing my speed uh, and stuff like that. So if I'm too one-dimensional, if I'm too one, not one-dimensional, like singularly focused, then kind of you know takes away from my abilities. So if I were to if I were to watch one Mike Wilkins fight on YouTube or something, what what do you think would best would best represent Mike Wilkins as a fighter? Huh. Um, probably the best fight would be my fight against John Del Bruge, which was August of last year. It was um, he was in my opinion. He was going to be the toughest matchup for me in my career because he was a brown belt world champion, uh, jiu-jitsu guy who had very strong wrestling, had a very good record, was the regional pro- champion in other promotions, upper weight class. Um, and he was like the style that like gave me the most nerves, but I just like dropped all those nerves, went out there, performed, and uh, put on a great performance. Go ahead, Jim. Sorry. Yeah, I just I wanted to go back to uh, when we were talking about um, you talking about Warren um, and some things he's telling you not to get focused on. So you know during your fight camp you're getting coaching. Um, obviously, you know in between rounds it's happening before you even step in. Um, now what about when the fight is actually going on? I I know you hear them, um, you know coaching out to you. How much of that actually sinks in, and do you actually really hear it where, you know, you can utilize what they're telling you? Uh, so this is something that I got to attribute to um, growing up wrestling. I hear everything my coaches say, uh, and I'm able to internalize it immediately. Um, so it, that's definitely a great help. But I'm not like, I'm not like a robot. I'm not like, it's not like they're playing a video game if my coach calls out a certain combination that he believes is open, it's not a guarantee that I'm going to throw it because the reason he's calling it is because he sees it's open from a certain angle. I'm coming from another angle. I will acknowledge that they called out for this combination or this technique. I will assess if I should throw it or not, and then I'll either throw it or not. Um, But if I feel it's not open, I won't do it. Uh, and my coaches want me to do that. They want me, like, you know, to make my own decisions in there. I've got a lot of experience um, coming in. This will be my 23rd fight or something like that. Uh, so, you know, I, I've been in there. I've done it a lot. I've wrestled thousands of matches. I've done hundreds of jiu-jitsu matches. So uh, I've learned how to, how to key in on my coaches, and I've learned how to, um, you know, make those decisions on if what they call is uh, – imperative or if it's just more of an opinion or a suggestion interesting when we spoke in connecticut and you were uh cornering dom you said you know he doesn't get nervous for his fights i get so much more nervous for his fights than than he does so what about your fights do you get um i mean there's a healthy nervous um how much healthy nervous do you get do you get i don't get nervous anymore um I, it was like an ebb and flow when I first started fighting as an amateur. So nervous. Then towards the end of my amateur career, no nerves at all. Then I turned pro and it was like it was all a whole new thing. I was just like dying of nerves. And now I'm just not nervous anymore. I don't know. 
Uh, you just kind of get used to it, I think. Um, you just kind of like, I think if nerves come in, you're like, I think people may believe you're scared of getting hurt, uh, which you're not. You know, you're scared of the outcome maybe not going your way. Uh, the only thing that I really get nervous about that gives me nerves is like, what if this guy's got something that I'm not ready for? What if he's doing something I've never seen before? Which is typically an incredibly irrational fear. Uh, so you just kind of like talk that out of your head for a second and you're good. I haven't been nervous for like backstage for a fight for probably about like five, six fights now. So do you think um, this new, this different type of experience with this, you know, a bigger stadium, a bigger crowd at Bellator, do you think that there will be some new nerves or do you think yeah, that's not even a concern to you? So I think there would have been, um, but luckily uh, I was in Dom's corner. So I got to experience what a week at Bellator is like, what backstage at Bellator is like. And I think that's incredibly valuable. Um, that's one thing I do for like some of the people I coach, like for example, my younger brother, namely uh, AJ, um, I put him in my corner. Uh, do I put him in my corner so he can give me advice? No. <laughs> What's he going to advise me to do? Um, you know, if he knows something, I already knew it because he would like, I would have taught him. Uh, I put him there so he can get the experience so he can see what it's like. You know, he's fighting on a lower level amateur, you know, then he's going to move on to maybe like some bigger amateur fights, then go to lower level pro fights, local pro fights, regional fights, and then hopefully to the levels of like Bellator and the UFC. So any advantage I can give him, any comfort that I can give, like, you know, my teammates, like, or my brother or athletes that I coach by letting them experience what it's like there beforehand, it, it, it can only benefit. It can't hurt. Uh, and that's a benefit that I got by being able to be in Dom's corner in Connecticut. Um, I know what it's like back there. I know what that cage looks like. I stood up on that cage while he was in it. Um, you know, I get to watch it on TV too. So like, it's going to be very familiar, very comfortable. And, and the one thing that I think is very important is I believe I know I belong. You know, I know I belong in that cage. I know I belong at this level. I've got a lot of skill. Uh, and now I get like my, it's like my opportunity to prove it. It's like my interview, my audition. So I'm you know, really that's, excited for it. Yeah, that's uh, Dom uh, Mazada said something similar to us when we uh, talked to him recently. And, you know, um, I think he said he went to Florida um, and he, you know, was, uh, was working with Michael Johnson for a little bit. Um, and he said the same thing. I, you know, I forget how uh, the question was phrased to him, but, um, you know, something along the lines of, you know, did you size yourself up um, to to him and anybody else that was there? And what was what did you come away with? And he said basically the same thing, that, you know, he felt like he belonged and that he wasn't outclassed. Um, and, uh, you know, so that's, that's interesting that you're saying that. Now, I, uh question I'm leading up to is um, having had that experience uh, up in Connecticut uh, did you get starstruck by any other fighters is there, is there somebody out there now you know if you would uh, come across their path that you know you would stop in your tracks and you know think wow I can't believe I'm you know right next to this guy no 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 fighters no fighters that would happen to me with maybe some other people um, but luckily I believe this, it happened to me once. And I believe the person that it happened to me with, I already met, um, John Smith, the coach of the, uh, Oklahoma state Cowboys wrestling team, um, six time world and Olympic champ. 
uh, I got to meet him one day and like uh, he introduced himself to me. He was like, hey, I'm John Smith. And I was like, hey, I'm, and like, I was like having trouble spitting my name out. But like, he's like my, uh, he's like my favorite athlete. Um, fighters, I met a bunch of like, my favorite fighter is Frankie Edgar. I've met him multiple times. So I don't think like I would get starstruck by any, any fighters, you know, mainly uh, wrestlers typically because uh, I'm a huge, I'm a huge wrestling fan. I love wrestling more than I love fighting. That's interesting. There, there's a lot of good uh, wrestling in 2019 coming to the area with the NCAA. Yeah. NCAA. Yeah. Uh, this year, 2018, they're in Cleveland. So that's pretty close. Um, I'm actually going to do my bachelor party at NCAAs uh, in Cleveland this, this month. Yeah, so you're doing your bachelor party where guys are in singlets. That's interesting. Oh, man, I was a care about wrestling. Oh, for my uh, – I turned 30 last year, and for my 30th birthday, my fiancé got me tickets to this tournament called the Southern Scuffle, which is in uh, the University of uh, Tennessee at Chattanooga. And it's a, it's a huge, like, winter tournament that for NCAA Division One. And uh, she went down there, sat in the gym with me for 12 hours a day for two days straight. Yeah, I can't get enough of wrestling. That's awesome. Well, you'll have to, uh, you know, I, 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 my, my sons are all in wrestling, and, and so, yeah, we're, you'll have to give me some pointers. I'm, I'm the commissioner for their youth league, so. Oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be hitting you up for some pointers. Sounds um, good. So, how does how do you want to be known when 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 it's all said and done with your MMA career and you know you have this huge opportunity to fight uh, for the second largest MMA promotion in in the world? Um, how, when it's all said and done, how do you want to be known? What, Mike Wilkins as the as a fighter, how how do you want to be seen? I just want to be seen as someone who uh, had great work ethic and chased it down. You know. Like I'm chasing, I'm chasing down the stream. Um, I've had, I've had a lot of ups and a couple downs, but like, I never let those downs bring me too far down. You know, I, uh, brush it off, keep digging, uh, lift my wounds and, and just keep driving forward. Uh, another thing, like I want to be known as a guy, like look back at my record, look back at my opponents. I did not take an easy path, you know? Um, you know, I, uh, even my, my amateur fights are full of guys with great pro who ended up having great pro records, you know? Um, and I, I'm very proud of that. So that's something I'd like to be known for, but mainly just someone who, who just kept chasing it down, you know, kept grinding after it. Um, you know, I don't want to be like, I, I want to be someone that no one gets too excited to have to fight, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, win or lose, it shouldn't, going to be too fun. Don't want to do that again. You mentioned that you are going to a uh, be in a BJJ tournament on a weekend after um, on November 11th. Um, how quickly, assuming there's no injuries, you know, nothing where you get a medical suspension for any length of time. Um, how quickly would you like to get back in the cage after your, your Bellator fight? Uh, I'd like to go January. January would be uh, good. Uh, I would like, ideally, I go January between somewhere between January and March. Okay, good. Now, this, is a, this is a one fight Bellator deal. Yes. Okay. Jim, were you? Yeah, that's that's where I was going to go. Same thing. 
Um, yeah. Okay. Are there any sponsors you have for this fight that you would like to give a shout out to? Oh yeah, I got some. I got really great sponsors for this fight. You know, I actually uh, I've been one like I haven't really like uh, been one to push to get sponsors. It, like, kind of like seemed like it might be a little more work than uh than I was <laughs> willing to do just for a couple hundred bucks. Because I'm not I'm not big on money. I like you know I I don't really care about money that much. Uh, I value relationships and I value time, but I got some great sponsors uh, now working with me uh, that I'm, I'm incredibly thankful for. First off, my gym, Stout Training Pittsburgh. We're now in two locations uh, where we've always been down the Strip District, and now we have a location up in Cranberry um, that's fairly new. It started in March. I teach up there on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, we have a great environment up there, and uh, you know I love being there. So. Anybody up in that area, come check us out. Um, uh, I've got uh, a great sponsor, Ronin Advertising. I don't know what I did to deserve this sponsor, uh, but they're an incredibly large uh, marketing advertising company. They do like Super Bowl commercials and stuff like that. And um, they decided to take me on as like a pet project, you know, uh, pure goodwill. Um, and if you uh, follow me, on Facebook, Instagram, you'll see that there's uh, a documentary on my road to Bellator uh, coming out, and the trailer was just released last week. Um, they spent a lot of time following me around, filming me, interviewing people, uh, interviewing me, people around me, people close to me, uh, getting a lot of great shots of uh, my day-to-day -day life and what it takes to, you know, walk in my shoes. Uh, so big thanks to them. Um, East American Logistics, it's a shipping company. Um, a guy uh, who used to, who used to train with me, Ryan Dunn. I used to train his son, Sean Dunn. Uh, you know, he just wanted to lend me some support. They actually, uh, you know, financially gave me some help. So, um, but most importantly, they sent me like he sent me my like check for the sponsorship, but he included uh, this note and with it that you know I'm gonna like never let that note go it fired me up like i'm always gonna i'm gonna keep that forever that's gonna end up in like a framed box in my man cave nice. um yeah i'm really pumped about that so i want to thank him and, what, uh, can you can you share with us anything that the note said or just what fired you up so much um you know it was just really something real nice that he said to me but the way he said it to me uh really fired me up and if you want to keep that explicit rating off your show you can't know okay that's, I mean, <laughs> that says it all yeah yeah uh he got he got away with words with me and uh uh i like it um yeah. so toast pain relief i know a lot of a lot of uh also use it. a lot of the athletes in the pittsburgh area using toast pain relief um thanks to them they they hooked me up with some stuff that i like if you're feeling achy and stuff after you know we're training so much training so hard so that really helps Ink Division, who's printing out my shorts and my shirts. I uh, did a lot of artwork for my shirts. My shirts look sweet. Um, and they threw the logos on my shorts for me uh, to make sure that I'm going to look real pretty on camera. And last but not least, uh, shout out to my old man, Al Wilkins, A. Wilkins Electric. Family owned and operated for 26 years in and around the city of Pittsburgh. That is great. You're a, you're a very um, modest guy, and, and, and you say you're very fortunate to have these sponsors, but 
um, from your attitude and your um, demeanor and just your work ethic and stuff, those guys are also, um, uh, they should be very proud to have you as a, as a representing them. Oh, thank you. That means a lot to me. You know, nope. that's what I want to be known as most of all is like, is a good person. Yeah. You know? Great. Yeah. All right. So final question. Do you, did you grow up or do you currently watch WWE? Um, no, I don't currently. And I didn't grow up watching it either. Uh, my little brothers did. They were like fanatic about it. But so like, I know some things from them, but no, that's you, pretty much you, it. You know what's coming, don't you? Uh-uh. Uh, so you have a fight coming up this Friday night, November 3rd and against Brett Martinez. And if you were a WWE guy, you'd be you'd be given a good promo. You'd be given yeah. a Colby Covington like <laughs> promo. So, I'm not on that. I don't have that Colby Covington hate in my heart right now. <laughs> I don't think you 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 saw Dom give a promo when we were in when we were in Connecticut. Don't you remember that? I do remember. So I do now remember. I'm asking you if you want to do the same thing. I don't got it in me. I don't got it in me. So Dom. Oh no! Hello. Yeah, we're here. We got you. Uh, okay. Uh, the screen is gone for me now. Anyhow, Dom is 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 quite angry because he's short, so that's why he's <laughs> able to do those things. He has little man syndrome. Yes, very much so. That that brings well. I did say that was the last question, but since you did you, you didn't do the promo, I do have another question that I skipped over, but I do want to go back to. I I would love to know. You, you know, um, I I love to pick on Dom. So you yeah. Gotta, you got to give me some, you got to give me some uh, ammo. Give me something embarrassing about Dom. Oh that, man. Like, he wouldn't like really like he's okay with you telling, but he really wouldn't want you to tell. Man. I don't know. Do you, let me ask you this. Do you two like go out and have drinks together? Yeah. Occasionally. Like, uh, if like the time is right, like after fights and stuff, we'll yeah, yeah. we'll get some drinks and stuff. But not like, I mean, we train a lot, so not really. Yeah. But like, I see him get angry all the time, and and I, I mean, you see Dom get angry. He talks to with his hands real low, and I like to think I'm Dom's anger translator, because when he gets mad, he starts mumbling, and no one can understand anything he says. So I have to like relay the message, and his hands are just. <laughs> But that's all I got uh, about Dom. That's good. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah. And, and when something happens, you think, oh, like I can tell, you know, MMA fan cast, Octagon 24-7 about this. To, to give them ammo for Dom, you just let us know. You can text it to me. Oh, I got you. All right. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I'll fire something over to you. If I, if I, maybe I'll catch some, some sneak videos of him freaking out or something. Yeah, you've been you have been extremely generous with your time. I really appreciate it. and doing it during a Steeler game. I don't know if you're a Steeler fan, but oh well, yeah, yeah, we're watching right now. I'm, I'm I'm recording it, so I'm, I'm oh, okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. Fast forward to it. That's why, like, if you were like, if you noticed, like, my eyes kept drifting up above the screen because I kept going up and watching the game. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, but you've been very generous with your time. Just remember, you, you got a big opportunity here with your, your Bellator debut. And when, when you make it big time, like, don't forget the little guys here at Octagon247.com, MMA Fancast. 
we are we'll always be uh behind you and uh wish you the best of luck and we'll, we'll pray that uh god keeps you safe through this uh through this fight and that and and that you go out there and give your best Oh, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Even when I get famous, blow up, and act like I don't know nobody, I'm going to make sure I remember you guys. All right. Sounds good, brother. <laughs> All right. Thank you. for your time. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me on. All right. We'll, we'll see you during the week. I'll see you up there. Take right. it easy. Have a good Bye. one. Mike Wilkins, who will be uh, making his Bellator MMA debut. That was uh, a, a great period of time that he spent with us and shared with us and i don't think he's disconnected yet but there he goes um just generous with his time he answered we didn't think we'd get to all these questions we still have a couple more but we we thought we'd hit a fraction of these questions and and but he was just very gave us almost an hour mm-hmm. yeah uh, that's something that we found out um september of 2016 when we went up to uh, to cleveland for ufc 203 and we had that the interactions we did with all those fighters, and they were all um, just down to earth, um, humble guys who would talk about anything that we asked of them. And and we found, you know, since that time, doing the podcast, doing the website, you know, anytime we ask guys questions or try to get interviews, nobody's turned us down, and nobody's been short with their answers or even short with us and looked down on us. You know, so Mike's just you know continuing in that uh, tradition and the way we've. Uh, interacted with them that truly is what completely separates mma from every other major sport in the united states hockey football i mean those guys are well, nice i, I would to say you. nhl uh is there but um but you know not, the, have... not the accessibility is not there right, right sure mma guys make themselves so available more so much more than you know any other sport that i mean they're just they're just blue collar guys that um are good guys, good people, and and that's been our experience with every single event that we've covered, every single fight. I mean, we've covered some big events. We've covered UFC 205, and every experience we've had has been uh, – even with guys who have a reputation for being – my experience with Luke Rockhold was very cordial, very pleasant, and, and he's a guy that I – you know, as a fan of MMA – he has always come across to me as being kind of smug and he was far from that. And even in the interview um, that I had with him, which is on YouTube on, on the Octagon 247 uh, channel on YouTube, even in that he still comes across on camera as smug, but he, in, in person, it did not, he, he was not like that at all. And so every, every, um, I can't think of a single fighter or any, I mean, we met Dana. He was very good with, uh, even, I mean, no one acted above us Mm-mm. and, uh, and that's something that's really cool and, and, uh, unique to the sport. In my opinion, the accessibility, the humility, um, that lacks in major, uh, and even in college athletics, major college athletics, it, it lacks there. We will be with you all week. Um, we try to keep these podcasts at, at about an hour. We're, we're at that point. And so um, due to Mike Wilkins giving us all the time we needed, that's, that's the, pretty much the content of this podcast. We'll be podcasting um, at least one more time, possibly two more times this week. 
with special edition podcasts live from State College, Pennsylvania. This site, Bryce Jordan Center is the site of Bellator 186, headlined by Linton Vassell, making his uh, first title appearance against newly crowned light heavyweight Bellator champion Ryan Bader. That's, again, that's this Friday, November 3rd, live and free on Spike Television. They got a great undercard that's on Bellator.com that has plenty. And I, when I say plenty, I mean plenty of fighters from Western Pennsylvania, including Mike Wilkins, who we just heard from, including Ethan Goss, who is from fighting out of Altoona. And I think he's originally from right around State College, as well as Dominic Mazzotta. There's a whole host of guys from Western Francis Healy. Yep, Francis Josh, Healy. I think Josh Fremd. Yep. Uh, Dempsey, Chris Dempsey, who's on the main card. Absolutely. And, and that doesn't even mention the state college fighters. Ed Ruth, right. who's an All-American, as well as um, – uh, Who's that other guy? Phil something? Phil Davis. Phil Davis, that's it. And so, yeah, it's a great card. It, we're very much looking forward to it, and we will bring you live coverage throughout the week. So, with that being said, on behalf of the entire cast and crew of Octagon 24-7 MMA FanCast – this is Ryan Middleton signing off saying thank you. We'll see you later in this week and God bless.